0: This is your mind. This is your life. This is your time. This is your life. This is your mind. This is your world. Yes. Yeah. How long has it been since you got to think for yourself, think, think for yourself?
1: And how long has it been since you've had some time to yourself, unwind with yourself? You can't do anything. Hello everyone, welcome viewers and listeners to the Replenish Me radio show on YouTube and podcast. Today I'm so excited to have Nikki Trowbridge. I met her at the Virginia Women's uh, Business Conference in December and she is going to enlighten us on Everything from self-care as a business owner to self-care as a mom and business owner. So uh, remember, the Replenish Me show is for women to find strategies to take care of themselves in life, in business, and do things that make their heart sing. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Cordelia, for taking the time to invite me on here. It was a pleasure meeting you. You're such a presence in the room when I when I got to um, have the privilege of having you sit in my room. And uh, when I was teaching, you really just truly stood out as someone who was hyper engaged to the topic and uh, to what women need today. So your work is very important. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for saying that. So tell me about your, tell me your story. How did you start your business and how did you choose to even be a consultant beyond that?
0: Okay, well, that that story would take probably five hours to explain, so I'm going to give you the really short version of it. Um, I come from a a very tumultuous background. My mom was, um, we left on the day of the fall of Saigon. My mother's Vietnamese. uh, My father's from Scotland, and I am, uh, she was a single mom, and being a a daughter of a single mom in the Asian culture specifically, was a little scandalous, and then we left the country, um, and I kind of grew up. little bit with this sort of entrepreneurial spirit, uh, knowing how hard a mom works all the time. And I I had to kind of watch my mom sort of work so hard um, and then burn out quite a bit. And so then I kind of grew up and became a business owner and working uh, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I mean, legitimately, it was so much work. And then you get to a point where there's no balance in your life. And so then it becomes about a search of balance. And then as a woman, when you become a family member, a wife, a mother, then all of a sudden you start to develop, you need to develop strategies to be much more of a successful home person to run your personal life and your work life. And then as somebody who builds a business, then all of a sudden you're entrepreneurial and you have to focus so much on putting everything you have into this business and there's zero balance in your life. So as somebody who's been put into all of those sort of situations, and then now as a single mom myself, having to relive a little bit of what my mom went through, I now understand how important it is in the future of women in business, women in life, to integrate their work and their business together. So I I have always tried to find balance. And so in doing that, I'm pretty strategic, naturally. And then creating these strategies around this and as somebody who's a mentor of 47, 48 employees, the majority of them women, who wow. are moms, single moms, et cetera, now I'm mentoring other women to do this. And then now becoming a salon consultant, I'm now trying to teach salon owners and business owners how to balance their life a little bit better, be a little less reactive, a little more responsive to life. And find the right strategies to, to make sure that they are building themselves back up. Because it's kind of like being on the airplane, right? What do they tell you? If the plane crashes, you have to you know take the oxygen mask yourself. And I think this is really the concept behind being a woman. We are naturally, as feminine powers in the world, uh, people who are nurturers. We, we have, we're receptive. We're open. We're nurturing. We're loving. We take care of the world. And sometimes that makes us feel like we just can't go out and we experience burnout. And I've seen that it happen hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. And then we're just ineffective in life. And so I, I really hope that what I'm sharing uh, can help women just understand how to not experience burnout like my mom did. And she really never really recovered from that. She, she's oh sort of still in that state of, I can't handle the stress. And I want you to be able to handle the stress like a pro <laughs> and so dominate, right? And, uh, and we can do that because so many women now, we feel like we have to be masculine powers, not feminine powers. So my story is that, that I am uh, come full circle, grow up with a single mom, now I'm a single mom again, mm-hmm. a, or single mom, and, and I am desperately searching for ways to help other women understand how to make sure that they take care of themselves and put that oxygen mask on for themselves. And uh, so that's my story. And, and why did I choose this career? It kind of chose me. I can't say that I chose it. Entrepreneurship, uh, salon ownership, mentorship all of that I didn't search for that I didn't look for that it kind of just found me and it became something that only now at 46 years old I realize this is what I've meant been meant to do all my life and for the first time I feel like I'm on a path that is true to my authenticity and and what I want to be which is to help women especially single moms um, but but all moms um, develop uh, just methodologies to be better parents uh, be better wives be better business owners and uh, to be just so much more successful in their life, and then yet to feel empowered and beautiful and healthy and rejuvenated all at the same time.
1: And you do an excellent job of that. You know, Um, I appreciate the fact that you have chosen to target single moms because they don't get enough airtime,
0: I don't think. No, it's pretty underrated, I think. And, and I think that women who have to play both roles, you know, in their families, especially with Sometimes you have the partner that could be very supportive, but sometimes you have the partners that are not, they're actually more draining. It's it's even more stressful. And so how do you offset that? You know, how do we keep ourselves mentally stable and uh, able to give lives of beauty, adventure, and joy to our children if we can't translate that for ourselves, right?
1: I love that you said that too, because right, when we say single moms, a lot of times people are just thinking like, as in not having a partner, you can be married and be a single mom.
0: Right. I mean, there are a lot of times women are on their own in a lot of ways. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. So. so That's kind of my story. And, and, and I'm hoping that uh, only recently, over the last few years, have I started connecting with women more in this way. I tend to be very numerical, very strategic, very all business, very metal-like. You know, if you're looking at kind of an elements Um, I'm learning to be more soft myself and to bring more joy for my boys. I have two boys. I have uh, an 8-year-old and an 11-year-old. We're an adoptive family. My children were both internationally adopted, and uh, they're the biggest joys of my life. And being their mom has provided lessons that no other business or college or anything has ever been able to provide. So being in that role has defined me a little bit. Well, a lot more actually. So I I, I feel like that's, um, they they teach me lessons every day to find the answer so that I can be a better mom and a better female and a better nurture. So
1: do you feel like it's also taught you something about boundaries?
0: Of course. Of course. (laughs) You know, I think women struggle with boundaries every single day. I mean, we just don't know the limits because we want to give, we're givers. And so the majority, generally speaking, I would say. And anything we can do to give, saying no is a very, very tough thing. And I'm not a big fan of saying no. So I have to tell you, I'm not going to be the one to sit here and tell you, just say no, learn to say no. I think there are times to create balance, but there are times to ask the right questions. And so sometimes you don't jump to the no, you don't jump to the yes, you ask the right questions. And so then you can you buy yourself some time and figure out exactly what it is that you can give, because if you can give maybe a little bit, then you can do that. You don't necessarily have just to cut yourself off to every opportunity, because I know as women, we don't want to shut down opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we got to be very careful in how we choose to do that. There are times where you absolutely have to say no, and then you'll know when those times are and no when to put those kind of boundaries up, you know, especially with kids, you, you do learn to be a little better at that. Um, but, but I would say, learning to ask the right questions of the opportunities to make sure that you're not putting a bunch of emotional, irrational charge to it, but yet very strategic placement of why this is going to be helpful. And then what you can do to serve that cause It can be very important to, to get to know yourself and reflect yourself better.
1: I like that. I like the way you said that because um, one thing that I do like to impart is the use of the word no, but just as you said, you, you know it comes from that inward discernment right we have wisdom that will gain from changing the way we use the word but right so yes instead of like i don't you know i'll do this but right it's right. you know let's think about that so you want me to do this but i need this
0: right right how is this going to be a collaborative effort exactly it's not just uh you know Is this a is this a safe boundary kind of relationship that's going to create collaboration in our life, or is it going to be something that's going to drain? And we just have to think about if that's if that's if and when that's the right time to say the word and and to set the line in the sand, so to speak.
1: So one of the things this is a great lead into. um, Let's talk a little bit about that. I don't even know how to describe it. What's the best word? The most compelling. class i attended at the conference was yours because i mean wow. it was very well organized and it was exactly what it was described as actually more i think so tell me um about these boundaries
0: you know okay. so it's a it's a theory that i've sort of created and and uh because I think once you're training something, see, these sort of things, so like if you study anything with emotional, about emotional intelligence and stability, it speaks to, or even leadership, it speaks to a few traits that I think that every person that's in this role, male or female, is uh, is essential to have. Self-reflection, self-regulation, self-monitoring, um, a lot of these self-inward things. And I like to describe it as inward and outward control, or uh, or self-management, inward self-management, outward self-management. And, and so, but how do you teach this? It's very intangible and it's a very difficult task. And so I created this uh, theory and this course curriculum to teach the people that I was mentoring in how to balance their life. Um, you know, there's all this talk about, is there a myth of work-life balance and how do you do that? And to me, it's not about balance, but it's about integration. And it's about creating uh, a common thread between all of it so that you can succeed at all of it. You know, there's this thing, can you have it all? You know, it depends on how you define having it all, I suppose. And I just think you have to think about when you say, do you want to have it all? What does that mean? And If it all along it fits into the time that you have available, yet still allow you to rejuvenate, then that's the magic formula. And for everyone, there's a different formula, but I think there's a general guideline to a formula. And so it's this formula that I sort of created, and it's uh, four components, and I call it the 168-hour theory. And so, uh, and I'm writing books on it and teaching classes on it and the whole thing. So that's down the line uh, Mm -hmm. that'll be available. So I'm very excited about that in the future. And I'm deepening that, deepening that even more. Uh, but the four components go like this. So the first component and, and not the most important, but balanced importance is restorative. I call it restorative. And what I mean by that, you call it anything, rejuvenation and, you know, replenishments, all of these words mean the same thing. I believe just to different people. But restorative means to me that you set aside the time to make sure that you stay balanced in sleep and allow your body to rejuvenate and rest. So if we all say we need eight hours of sleep and we add that up times seven days a week, so, so out of the 168 hours, it basically means you are alive 168 hours. And a right. lot of people don't even know that when I say that to them, they're like, oh, I do have 168 hours that I'm alive a week. <laughs> yes, that, let's start there. Okay, so 168 hours, let's remove sleep first because that's a given. We have to have it. And so many women, we sacrifice sleep. And so we age faster. We don't function mentally well. We're not as alert. We're more reactive. We're more angry. We're more all these things. We don't parent as well if we don't get enough rest. So it has to come first, but we allot the formula in our, in our basis as 56 hours, not 54. So if you multiply eight times seven, we're at 54 hours, right? And Mm -hmm. so we give you two extra hours and the two extra hours is something that is very meaningful to you to rejuvenate you. And for me, it's very different. I like massage. I like meditation. I like bath time, you know, shower time, these kinds of things feed me. And so you have to think about what in your life feeds you to fill into two hours, you can eat up a two hour massage, you can lose two hours sleep and do a four hour massage, (laughs) you can do any balancing thereof. But if you start with a fundamental and a goal, and you hit that goal, and if you're a little off, it's okay. But the, the, the goal and the key is to be at 54 hours of sleep and two hours of something restorative that you enjoy that gives you lots of replenishment. For me, it's, again, massage and meditation. And so I like to do one massage a week if possible. Sometimes it's not possible. <laughs> so I just don't have the time to build in for that. So then I'll know, okay, I'll catch up on that later. But then this week, I'll do four 30-minute meditation sessions. And so then I break that down. And then I know. And, and now I'm being a bit more strategic about it. And so that's in that restorative component. The next component is is we normally place income-producing first. But I would like to talk about that. Last if that's possible okay today. i like to talk about replenishing a female not just the work environment, but Then the next component is 10 hours that we allot for intellectual or some kind of educational growth This day and age with YouTube with Facebook with online courses available There is not a reason anyone has to not be increasing their intellectual capacity and 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 developing their own personal knowledge and their own skill sets you can use this ten hours a week. That's basically two hours a day times yes. five days. So you get two days off, right? Now, <laughs> right. if you want to add another two days, two hours another day, and do six days, or if you want to minimize it and add two hours on for rest and meditation or gym or whatever, fine. But the point is, is that you know you really do need a minimum of around ten hours a week of intellectual growth, yes. reading is the fundamental of all learning, right? And so if you don't have time or money to go to a class, if you only have time to read 15 minutes a day, then read 15 minutes a day at night. Find the time for that in your schedule somewhere that it works. If you can't have time to read and you're not much of a reader, then get an audiobook and listen to it in the car. They have tons of audiobooks on YouTube that you can just listen to that are completely unabridged, that are free. There's no reason, the resources are way too vast this day and age for you not to access this sort of uh, valuable information that's out there. So if you're trying to grow yourself as to uh, maybe how to be a better parent, then search videos and education on how to be a better parent. If you're trying to grow yourself to be how do I grow myself in educational entrepreneurial knowledge, then look up accounting and entrepreneurial knowledge. Again, there's never a shortage of podcasts and information. So take 10 hours a week and assign that. Put that on your calendar, make it set in stone, and be very, very strategic about it. But make sure that time fits well in your body clock and your family time. So if your family time doesn't justify you doing something at 5 p.m. because you have to pick the kids up and feed them and cook dinner and blah, blah, blah then that's not the time for you to do that. That's family time. So that's something different. But if you have a time after you put your kids to bed at 8.30 or 9 and you have an hour or two then take that time to do that. So again it's about being strategic with your overall 168 hours to add that in there. The other component which is the most important in my opinion is your personal time and that we allot for 60 hours a week. So if you have a new boyfriend you know when to tell your boyfriend I can't do it then because I have family time or I have to be with my kids but out of the 60 hours is when do I have that time to give? And then you can be a bit more strategic about that this is family time for women who have families right so you want to do that um, this is i say this is the most important because 60 hours is really about creating structure and creating a calendar of adventures i like to call it an adventure calendar for your, for you and your kids um pre-planning is the key to making this time successful in my opinion uh, they have these calendars online this has been one of my big saving graces they're laminated calendars. They go an entire uh, wall deep and it literally lists the whole entire year out for you. And I ask my kids for their input into it. Where would you like to go? What yes. would you like to do? What are some of I want to go to the aquarium, mom. I want to go to a picnic. I want to go to the mountains. I want to go here so they can input. And then I look for that time in that calendar. And so out of the 60 hours that I map out and I color code it and I say, okay, Anywhere that it looks green is your time. You pick the time so that we can do adventures together, and then it makes sense for me because I know I'm setting that out. My goal is to set out my year's plan of adventures for the entire year. We consider ourselves an adventure family, my my children and I, and my goal this year is to take my children on 12 trips. Mm-hmm. So uh, some. We're going to Iceland in the summer. We're going to go somewhere for Christmas break. We're going to go to the beach for uh, spring break. We're going to go to the Channel Islands. Um, We're going to go to Asheville this year. So I've created all these pockets of adventure, which is, again, mapped out for the entire year. And then within those 60 hours, I rebalance my schedule around that. And that becomes my first and top priority. So those are things that feed me, replenish me. And I believe it feeds most moms. Most women to do this. Now, if you don't have children and you have pets, so maybe it's your pets that you would do things with and take them to do amazing things like dog parks, or maybe you don't have pets or children and you just have a boyfriend or a husband, well, then it would be time that you would spend with that individual. Or maybe you don't really have those people, but you have friends. So then maybe your friends are the people that you would spend a lot of time with. Let's take girls trips. Let's take, you know, I have a sister that I adore. I have a mom and I want to plan time with that. Again, anything in your life that you feel qualifies as someone very important to you or groups of people that you want to give some time to in this personal. I think that's really important. So that's kind of the formula so far. Yeah. And then the last is income producing. And uh, so this, I don't think this podcast is really about income producing. We can talk a lot more about that. And um, yeah, That
1: pushing about- would be like its own podcast. It's 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 its own
0: podcast so that. <laughs> but there are tons of strategies, hundreds, hundreds, and I can teach for about five hours on that topic alone. And uh, we, we have entire videos on our website, the statementsproject.com on that. And if you want to learn more about that, contact me, and I'll be happy to help you be a bit more strategic about your income producing. But keep in mind this overall view of that we allot 40 hours on our formula for that. So if you don't work 40 hours, great, then you have time to add to something else. But if let's say you work 50 hours, maybe you should consider how to balance it a little bit different and create a different formula for yourself and if you have to do 50 hours, are there things you can do to delegate responsibilities to minimize and shorten that time a little bit so that you can have a little bit more personal time? Um, And let everyone know, it's about communication and letting everyone know this is my strategy, this is my schedule, this is my calendar. And I'll please be respectful of that. So then you're not being reactive and upset when somebody doesn't really know what you are expecting and what you want. So those are, those are the formulas that have the four major components. So restorative, uh, personal time, intellectual time, and, and personal growth, um, e- education, um, and, um, and income producing. So those are the four components of my 168-hour theory that I like to teach everyone to fill out. And then inside each component, there are components of it that I feel very strongly about. For example, the restorative, I have whole entire formulas about how to create spaces for yourself. And I think spaces are very important interior designers who are listening to this. I'm sure you agree with <laughs> me, but, and Cordially, I don't know if you've applied some of this, but I think it's about making sure you have a space that becomes a sanctuary, uh, a time frame where, you know, everyone needs to leave you alone to be in that space. Um, setting the ambiance and the mood. I think that's very important. Music, so important. If music isn't your thing, then what is? You know, what, what gives you mist, uh, a hydration mist, a steam? Um, if that feeds you, I love mist. We have two or three uh, misters going on in the room. I love aromatherapy. Smells really help me, um, especially when I want to create certain senses that become more alive. I use certain aromatherapy oils and aromatherapy diffusers. Um, setting that ambiance in my bedroom is very important. I put a lot of money into my pajamas, into my bedroom space, into my lighting in there. These are because this is my sanctuary. Maybe your bedroom isn't your sanctuary. Maybe you have a room that's your office where you create a rest space for you. But I think creating this space to do all of that is very, very important. And you could even maximize the space by including that into your intellectual uh, areas as well.
1: I want to pull out that point for a minute because – this is something that I think many women do not do. They overwhelm themselves with the whole. My house has to be perfect, right? And I always try to encourage. But I love the way you put it—that just pick one spot in your house and right. let it be your sanctuary. That has saved me. That has kept me sane for
0: years. Right. And for me, it is my bedroom. <laughs> so. Right. Well, and to communicate that this is, you need to go to bed, and I get two hours to myself where I can replenish. If it's watching a movie, fine. Whatever it is that you need to fill, but just don't let it get away from you. Don't sit on Facebook and let social media run three hours of your time. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't really do anything to replenish myself. Because in that case, I don't think you're really managing your time well. You're letting that get away from you. And if you need to do social media, fine, but set the time for that. That's work hours, right? That's intellectual Uh, capacity, make sure you categorize it in the right component. And listen, you can make any kind of component happen. I just broke it down into four, but out of your 168, you create whatever components that you need to make it work for you. But that space is so, so important. And I would make that space your personal absolute haven in any and everything you do, every bit of taste, every bit of smell, sound, every sense that you can do inside that space, enhance uh, in any way you can absolutely
1: 100 i i absolutely agree with that because without having your space it's like it it helps you i what i have to say what it does for me and i've i've actually paid more attention to it you, you were asking me if i've applied any of the things from your seminar and that is something that i had to revisit because i was like okay my bedroom's my my sanctuary but what's going on and because I have let my baby girls take over, right? right. We, we all, all do. do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, especially my three-year-old. She's too cute. It's so hard to say no, but I'm working on my boundaries again with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, but, yes, I really have um, – I've, I've found by having that sanctuary – it makes it easier for me to communicate the boundaries in other places. You know, right. like um, another thing that's very therapeutic for me is cooking. So when I go into the kitchen, I'm like, okay, I'm going to cook. If you don't have a high vibration or positive energy, don't be here. Right. You know? It's like
0: my space, my domain, go away. Right. So- I, I, I get it. And wherever that is for you, you just have to know it. Uh, the, the thing about self-reflection is sometimes women don't even know that that's what's feeding them. It's the unawareness that gets me. You, know? you have to be very aware. And if you can be much more self-aware of what you need and, and then actually take the extra, say, Sunday, this Sunday is my day off. And I'm going to go out there and my goal is to make my bedroom into a complete, amazing sanctuary. And I'm going to spend $200 on making it perfect. And I'm going to buy cute pillows and, you know, a music system. Uh, you know, now they have Google, you know, where you could just say, okay, Google play this music, you know, right. on, invest in it, an echo, Amazon echo. These things are incredible for space. And I'll tell you why it's so uh, important to do because in the morning, I use my Google to actually uh, uh, pull up podcasts or information so that I'm learning in the morning when I'm at my brightest, showering, getting ready, doing my exercise, my crunches, whatever. I'm actually just listening as I'm doing this. And then and then at night, I'll say, okay, we'll play, you know, Beethoven. And then, you know, I'm going to just relax. Again, you might love, you know, ACDC. And if that's <laughs> okay, then listen to it. Just know what you love and know what feeds you and know what makes you happy and bring that joy into your life and then have very strategic times, communicate the limits and say, now is mommy time. And if you're married and you have a partner and, and you need to say, okay, kids, this is mommy, daddy time or mommy, mommy time or mommy partner time or parent time or whatever time. So you guys Go do your thing. Two hours. We'd like two hours alone, please, in our sanctuary, where we can talk and 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 revise our and rejuvenate our love together, and time and commitment to each other. You know, we, we call this date nights a lot, but why do we have to go out and do this? Exactly. You know? and, and so, as a single mom, maybe you're dating, and then you do that. So that's a more important thing. But you need to be able to say, this is not the time for you. I'm going to give you this time from five to nine. I'm going to cook dinner for you. We're going to play. And then in your personal time with your children, you gotta be really be present. And you know, I think if you listen to Eckhart Tolle or read anything about mindfulness or learn anything about expanding your mentality, this is gonna include being present. You know, being present in the moment is one of the best ways to find happiness in your life. We so much live in the past or the future. You know, we worry about all the things that could happen and go wrong that we don't focus on the now. And then we think back and feel everything from the past. And so we just literally live in those two places. And then the, the present just keeps going away. Yeah. We're not living right up in it. And as mom, I could tell you the, the best thing you can do for them is to be super hyper present in every single thing that you do. So if you know your time with them is from four to nine every night or five to nine, and you're going to be present, shut that phone off, no social media, no TV time plan ahead, strategize, and be really, really present, and get down on the floor with them and play with them as a parent. They just want you to be a kid with them. You know, they really do. You and I were talking about this before. Yeah, they do. That's all they want. I mean, Arlene, she
1: turns me into a slide, you know, so it's like, she's like, do the where is me? So she climbs up on my shoulders, and then she pretends not to be there. She faces the other way, and then she
0: slides down my back. You know, it's like, yeah. That's all they want. Like whatever they love, draw with them, play Legos with them, roll on the floor with them, tickle them, chase them. My boys my boy's favorite thing is to play tag. So yes. we have to play tag a few times a week. It's kind of their tag time. It's fine. I, <laughs> I just count as my exercise time because I'm all around the house. Um, and then we jump on each other and tickle each other and whatever. But that's that is a a a tradition. And and now we've created this hype this habit that we've we've now built in and so we yeah and we can't do that and they love that they're like play the game mom play the (laughs) game you want to play tag and we do whatever chance we can get so find what they love and do it with them you know I adore that and so sometimes it's all you really need to be a really really great mom and to feel that you fulfill some of your responsibility in that way
1: I like that you said play with them because a lot of times you know we and I do it on occasion too stick them in front of a device, you know, or something right. like that. But it's like, there's nothing more important
0: than face-to-face time. Right. With children and and like- I grew up with a tiger mom, you know, my, my Asian mom was a tiger mom. She didn't play ever with me. What she did was because she was on a mission to be the best mom, to be the busiest. And she was an engineer mm-hmm. and so she was like, I've got to be super successful at my job and all of this kind of stuff. So she treated everything like, what's the task? did you get it done what's the goal How to, now we have to study now I have to do math now I have to do homework now we have to eat I have to do this it's like everything is we, we get caught in this repertoire of demand that we have to just sometimes just don't worry about that right and just play because it does replenish us in, in quite a quite a bit playing with children is, is one of the best ways to replenish your your soul so we'll keep you young
1: and happy <laughs>
0: Again, just be strategic. That's all I would tell you. Out of your 60 hours, know you have a 60 hours, which means that you have four or five hours a day to do this seven days a week and maybe all day Sunday. Uh, find that time very, very well and make sure that you, you stick to your guns and you tell everyone, this is not your time. This is my kid's time, or this is my husband's time or my partner's time. And you absolutely need to be focused on that. So uh, I think it's super important to make sure you're, you're strategic and how you create strategies is creating the, the boundaries, the limits, the limits putting on the schedule and pre-planning as long out as you possibly can do. So again, I pre-plan all of that.
1: What if another thing that a lot of um, the people in my group will tell me is, Oh Cordelia, I'm not disciplined enough for that. And you make it sound to me, this is like the easiest, most organized way to spend your time. To me, it doesn't require discipline. It just requires a desire to really, want to spend your time wisely. So what do
0: you say to something like that? Well, the first question I would ask is in your prioritization of your brain, what is the most important thing to you? I would go back to your passions and your priorities because sometimes we forget what those are, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, in the beginning of my presentation, we talked a lot about passions yes. and creating a pie chart. Again, I'm very strategic. So I'd like for you to create a pie chart. I'd like for you to sit down and I would like for you to write what makes you feel passionate and then what makes you feel that is a priority. So then now make a pie chart of it. Write everything down and then I want you to write next to it the number that you feel you succeed at that task Mm -hmm. or that priority and the number that you would ideally like to be at. So you need to have two numbers, right? The number you were living at and the number Mm -hmm. that you want to be at. And then look at that pie chart every day. Stick it on your bathroom mirror. And you remind yourself, are you actually prioritizing properly in a way that feeds your passions and feeds your priorities? There is, those are two things. And then if you can make your passions, your priorities one and the same, that would be even better. So, for example, let me give you an example of that. If the priority is that you keep telling me you work for me and you keep crying and you keep saying, I want to be a better mom. I don't have enough time with my kids. Then I'm going to make you sit down and write a pie chart for me of what your passions, your priorities are. And then I want to look at what you're spending your time on. And if you tell me you're spending 30 hours on social media, but yet you have priorities to be with your children more and you want to change your schedule to do that, to accommodate that, but yet you're still spending 30 hours on social media, then there needs to be a reformulation of what you're doing. And then you're going to be much more strategic about putting that on your schedule. How you can be more self-disciplined is you actually have to become more self-aware of what you're doing to fulfill the actual priorities. So a lot of it in the beginning is just, you need to analyze what you're doing a little bit more. And then I don't need to motivate you at all. Because really the goal is that I don't need to motivate you. Real leaders, in my opinion, the sign of a real accomplished leader and an accomplished successful person, the definition of it for me is somebody who succeeds and accomplishes just for the sake of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And Daniel Goleman talks a lot about this and in emotional intelligence. He discusses a lot about how, and this is true, you don't need to be incentivized. I don't need to pay you to a bonus so that you will work extra because you should want to work extra because you have a goal in mind. And if you don't even know what the goal is, then you're not motivated. A lot of times where unmotivation starts happening, I feel it's just people being unaware of what their, what their goals are. Um so we gotta go back to the drawing board and we gotta analyze how you're using your time, what are your passions, what are your priorities, and how you're actually collaborating that. Because if you don't, then then it's no one's fault but your own. And so we can't we can't say that there's any methodology of discipline. In my opinion, self-discipline comes from a lot of self-awareness and a lot of self-regulation and then understanding and mapping out in a very long-term way and then succeeding with very short-term goals. So i tell you the answer to that is to go back to the drawing board, write down your, what your passions, write down what your priorities, look at what you're already spending time on, and let's see how much that fits together. I if love you say that. I'm not enough to do it, maybe it's not a priority. You know, Then that would be the question. If that's not a priority, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to make that a priority for you. Yeah. If spending more time with your kids, if you're complaining about that, but yet you don't do anything to change the 30 hours of social media, then there's nothing anyone's going to tell you to change that right? You right. can't live your work time. You can't map out a whole schedule for a year if you're unwilling to change your own habits and your behaviors. So there has to be some willingness to that, in my opinion. So you got to go into it like, I'm not disciplined enough. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you the tools so that you can map it out, but then it's up to you to, to implement.
1: Absolutely. I love that. that was, uh, no, that was perfect. Like, you know, the. No, no, no. That answered another question that came up for me earlier, actually. I was going to ask you about um, how does one become more self-aware? I have my own opinion on it, but you pretty much validated it or confirmed. I always encourage that you look at what you're doing by journaling, which is basically, you know, pie chart, however you want to do it, map out what you're doing and, um, you know, uh, see where you're spending your time and then like reprioritize according to... Well, it's accountability.
0: Right. It starts there. And I can tell you if I'm going to ask you the questions and I can see gaps in your accountability, then we've, we have to start there because accountability is just the first layer of getting anything done. And if you have zero accountability, then there's nothing you can prioritize. Then you'll, you, won't be, you won't ever prioritize because you're unwilling to be accountable. So it starts really there. You have to learn to be accountable to what you're doing. So you have to say, yeah, last week I spent 32 hours on social media okay, well, 32 hours, do you know how much you can do in 32 hours? Like that's a full-time job.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, you can run a company in 32 hours a week. You can, you really can. That's like a complete side hustle. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So unless your social media is generating you revenue or creating (laughs) a brand, then I don't see that as a priority. You know, It, it needs to be minimized and controlled. I'm using social media because it seems to be the thing that keeps coming up more and more for me. And people lacking self-discipline because they don't get anything done, but yet they've clocked 35 hours on social media in one week. You know? So I'm not really sure how to address that, except you just gotta first learn how to be accountable. And I think journaling is a fantastic way to be accountable. It's like losing weight. If you want to lose weight, you have to first be accountable to what you put in your losing weight's easy, right? I mean, I know yeah. people are like it's not easy. It really is an easy formula from a scientific perspective. Right. I know it's not easy in the implement, implementation of it, but it's easy scientifically. It's what you put in your mouth. It's what you burn off in calories. It's that simple. And as long as you manage that formula, you're going to lose weight. But why is it so difficult for so many people to address that formula? You know, I know genetically some of us might suffer from some things, and that's okay. But we still have to first be accountable to what we're putting in our mouth. We have to be accountable for how we're spending our time. We have to be accountable to what we're doing to stop us as barriers to fulfill what we want. You know, if we have self-barriers where we're self-doubting or we're Uh, be we're fearful of change or we're fearful of trying to do something this is all self-barriers and self-induced we have to look at that and be very accountable to doing those things and be willing to implement the change outside of that what else can you do there's nothing else that can be applied until that's addressed first
1: I, i absolutely agree you know um and again it goes back to like you said accountability so you know I've enjoyed our conversation so much. Time has just fly, flown by. I want to ask you, what are the three main takeaways? We've talked about a lot of things, but what are the three top things you want our listeners to pull out today?
0: So I, I would tell you that the three major things that um, that I'd like for you to take away from this is the first thing is to understand what your passions are. You know, I, I, as a woman, we're, we're sort of beaten down every day, you know, because we give so much of ourselves. When we're so external, it's very difficult for us to go internal, right? And so I would suggest that you take a little time, a little energy, and just go internal. If it works well for you, I find that a bath always works really well, or a shower. Something about water, and maybe that's just me, but I feel like water helps that to some degree. Pool time, whatever, quiet, music, and really think inside, what what makes me passionate? What makes me feel like I have a purpose in life? Look at what your life's purpose is. Look at what you feel you need to do that creates passion for yourself. And learn to be a little selfish about this. It's okay. Because if you can selflessly help people, then it's justifiable to be selfish at times. You can't just be selfless all the time and not balance with a little selfishness. And so meaning selfish in a way that is in the scheduled time that you have communicated to everybody that you get this time. Outside of that, you give, and you promote, and you succeed, and you do whatever it takes. But in this time, it's me. I would make sure you build a space for yourself in which you can do this safely and comfortably that rejuvenates you in every sense. And I mean the senses. In every sense that you have, rejuvenate yourself in that way. And I would all, I think the last one is going to be accountability (laughs) Uh, Learn to be really accountable to what it is that you're doing in your schedule, because we can give you the formula. I can give you the four components. I can tell you the structure of the time that you should be spending. And I believe the key to work life balance, uh, the takeaway for, for this is to write down your schedule, to map out all 168 hours for this week. And to put it all on a calendar, including sleep, including meditation, including things that you would not put on a calendar. You have apps on the phone that you can take from this that I think are amazing. And if you just go and search apps in the App Store, there's a hundred of them. So you just have to find the one that works best for you. But search Habit Forms or Habit Forming apps or Work Life Balance apps. Um, And they'll literally give you a million. Review, do a little test run with some of them and find which ones work best for you. And these apps have alerts. And then I would go onto your Google Calendar on your phone if you have that. And then I would put every single thing down in this calendar. Sleep this time, alert, notification, whatever you wanna call it. Meditate this time. You are literally building your 168-hour four-component structure on your Google Calendar and it's gonna notify you when to do and set alerts, two alerts on each thing so that you get the alerts a couple hours before and 15 minutes before. So you know when it's time to jump to the next thing. So you treat your personal schedule and what you do just like you treat work schedules or meeting schedules or anything else. And that would be, I think what I would, I don't know if that was three takeaways, but three. Yeah. yeah. So your passions, your sanctuary, and your accountability, and accountability, and then creating that calendar around that accountability, so that you can hold because those notifications in that calendar keeps you accountable. Right. And so, you know, if you want to schedule social media time, schedule it. If you need to stop 32 hours of social media, schedule when you're going to do it. When's the best time for you in your body clock and your day clock? If you again, you don't want to sleep, you want to sleep until 10 and sleep until 10. But that means if you're staying up to 11 or 12, then no, you build in some time for that. And, and say, notification, go to bed now. <laughs> right. you know, I have it. It alerts me all the time. Time for bed. <laughs> so, uh, sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. But <laughs> most of the time, it alerts and me. Then there's that. I know I have to sleep now because I need this much, I much, uh, this much sleep. So do things like that to keep yourself accountable. I
1: love that. Perfect. And, and that is so important, scheduling that personal time like it's a business. Like it's re- a business meeting. Yeah. Like, and then it's a non-negotiable. I always say that self-nurturing is a matter of life and death. Yes, it absolutely. Is absolutely, 100%. So, Put your kids in there too. And uh, your husband. Yeah. <laughs> or your partner. So, or your partner if you have yeah. one. so I appreciate you so much for sharing that with my listeners and viewers today. And this is... So cool. Yeah, We'll we'll share a
0: link for this if they want a longer version Cordelia. So I'm happy to share that link. So if if they want more, we'll share that to a longer video with a lot more information inside of it for you. And we'll put that up on YouTube. Okay, so Hopefully your audience can get more if they want more.
1: Absolutely. And I'll also put the link to your website because you have a course, right?
0: So we have an online business course for entrepreneurs as well um, and so it's, it's a year long and it's about 15 modules deep and we cover every single topic of how to run a business. So if anyone's really wanting to develop that income producing and learn how to run a company from a financial managerial standpoint, leadership, uh, pricing structures um benefit packages leadership styles creating teams all of that we have that course online as well but we have a lot of free videos and a lot of interviews on our website that are pretty cool too so
1: yes beautiful so thank you so much nikki for your time today
0: you are so welcome it was absolutely my pleasure
1: have an amazing day
0: Thank you. This is your life, this is your time, this is your life, this is your mind, this is your work. Yes. Yeah. How long has it been? Said you got good think for yourself, think think
1: for yourself. And how long has it been? Did you have some time to yourself? Unwind with yourself. You can do anything. So don't you hide from yourself. Be so in don't so just break free from the hell free break-